Hello, and welcome to the Lacey Alderson Show. Uh, it's great to be back. I've taken a little bit of time off, but I'm happy to be here today. And we start off every episode the same way, and that is thanking our sponsor, Pink Box Donuts. Uh, they offered so many great varieties for Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up. And I've seen the, the donuts that they have and the decorations they are offering um, for these donuts. And they are super cute. I don't want to give too much away about their donut of the month, but I am going to tell you that it is candy cane flavored. So we'll have more of that coming on in the next episode. And um, we're going to be trying that on air. But today I just kind of wanted to at least let you know that that is something to look forward to. They've got Christmas, they've got Hanukkah, they've got all kinds of great decorations. So if you are trying to get in the holiday spirit, I ask that you stop by Pinkbox if you are in Las Vegas and try them out. Um, they are here to spread smiles and once again, so good, you'll lick the box. <laughs> All right. Um, this episode's going to be a little bit different than some of the other ones I have done. We're going to discuss holiday 2020 and we've touched on it a little bit in the past. I had the opportunity to be on the Well, Well, Well podcast um, last week, and it was discussing boundaries and holiday boundaries, and it really got my wheels turning. <sighs> Number one, talking about holiday boundaries, but then also discussing um, where these boundaries come from and why we need them. So today's episode is a little bit unconventional, but hopefully it will touch you in some place in your heart or in your mind, some way you'll be able to connect and you'll walk away with some extra information, but it's just you and me for the next, for the next little bit uh, growing together. So I want to start it off today discussing the holiday we just had, and that was Thanksgiving. And I've got to tell you, mine was real, real weird. Um, I'm sure a lot of people out there had an interesting holiday. Some of you, it may have been one of your better holidays. It's funny how during this COVID season, the people that I have run into have said, wow, you know, I had my birthday in COVID and it was one of the best birthdays I ever had. And um, maybe people canceled weddings or maybe they went through them and they ended up having a different sense set of expectations. So I'm really praying that a lot of you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm hoping that it was exactly what you had wanted and it was family time and it was what your soul and mind and body needed. For the rest of you who had weirdness, um, let's address that and let's let's connect a little bit. Uh, my holiday started out with chaos and um, I only bring that up because it's that's part of a holiday, right? A holiday technically is just a day like any other. And we have to have those expectations too, right? We're still going to wake up and brush our teeth and take a shower. So those of us that think, wow, the holidays are these big giant days, are they? Are they big giant days or do we make them big giant days? So I ask you to sit on that as we go through these next few points. But I definitely want us, like I said, to be together and discuss and, and reflect a little bit on that holiday and, and what it looked like and what we got out of it. It was interesting this holiday. I, I got to spend some time with a couple people and the people that I spent time with, one of them said, hey, listen, uh, when I have my own family one day, I don't really want to do Thanksgiving. It's not my jam. I don't really like the food. Um, I don't really like this whole idea of, of this expectation. So I just think I'm going to go hiking. And of course, like the person inside of me is like, well, wait a second, why are we going to put that off, right? Until our future family comes. And I challenge you all with that same idea of, if you have an idea of one day I want my Thanksgiving to look like blank, 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 maybe this next year is the year that you actually do it. Maybe this next year is the year that you actually say, you know what, I'm going to live for now and I'm going to go on that hike I've always wanted to go on, or I'm going to do Thanksgiving at a shelter and serve other people. Or maybe this next year is the year that I'm sick of being in the kitchen and I don't really get to have the conversations I want to have. So maybe I'm going to order out or I'm going to go out. I just, I challenge all of us to really 
revisit what the idea of this holiday is. And I think COVID has brought this to a lot of our surfaces, a lot of our areas where we're asked to kind of second guess or question ourselves. And are we living a life that is congruent to what we want is and are our holidays what our dreams are? Are they on the same plane? Um, And if they're not, why? Why is it that we find ourselves going, you know, next year or you know, um, I'm sick of this, or so-and-so, we invite them every year, and they're not really nice to us, so why do we keep letting them come back? Let's maybe use this holiday time to redefine where we're going and uh, take our experiences we've had to reformulate what we want. So we're going to start out today with that challenge. We're also going to continue to move forward with Thanksgiving, and I had a family member who lost their daughter um, I think this is our second Thanksgiving now without her, and it was brutal. And it was devastating, and there was a breakdown that, you know, happened at um, while we were doing dishes. And that was probably the most special part of my Thanksgiving, not because I'm a therapist and I love to, to see emotion and I love to be there and um, be present for the feels, but more or less because I felt that family member that wasn't with us, with us. Um, we were t- we had a conversation. We were talking. There was sadness, but through sadness, there was laughter, and there was joy, and there was a sense of togetherness. So um, it's funny how something that can be perceived at a holiday function as sad can actually be something that can be so um, intimate, and the thing that carries you throughout um, the next you know the next year until you're able to meet again. So once again, just a little reflection on Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a great time. Hope you gained a bunch of weight and you ate all the things and you didn't punish yourself and say well, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and this tomorrow to make up for my meal. No, we're just going to have fun and we're going to live our lives and we're going to enjoy it. So Thanksgiving is over. Now we're on to this next holiday, right? These next holidays, plural. We've got Christmas and we've got Hanukkah. We've got Ramadan. We've got a variety of different um, celebrations. So I'm going to take a couple of the primary issues head on. And I think it's important because a lot of people are struggling with them. And if you are not somebody that is, I guarantee you somebody in your circle is. So listen along with me and let's discuss some of these issues that come up. First and foremost, let's discuss money. A lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are not where they wish that they were. A lot of people are not going to be able to give to others the way that they like And the flip side of that is a lot of people are not going to be receiving in the same fashion or with the same hopes that they have in years past. So I kind of did a little bit of research. My undergraduate degree is in history, so I love history. I'm such a history nerd. But I wanted to understand a little bit about this beginning of commercialism with Christmas. And in the 1840s, this all began. That was the first kind of beginning of advertising, if you will, for the holidays. So before that, you know, there were small gifts given or it was this idea of talking about for Christmas purely, this idea of um, giving, you know, but it was on a much smaller scale. Then the 1840s come and, of course, I want to look at what was going on during that time. So we had the Mexican War, the gold rush was happening, um, there was a lot of political turmoil. So in between the 40s, 1840s, we had three separate presidents and they all had different political backgrounds. So there was a lot of political turmoil. And then we had cholera. And I bring that up because cholera is obviously very different than COVID, but it was a time when people were dying and people were sick and there wasn't a lot of sanitation. And this really blew up in small cities um, along the Midwest. So I bring this up because here we are in this pandemic and we don't know when it's ending and we're trying to make sense of it. And we have this holiday that comes up and it's become so much about money 
And it's not just Christmas. Hanukkah is no different. I see and I'm around people and the gifts and the lavish and the this and the this. And if you have it, great. But I think that this year is a little bit different. And I think it's different because the statistics tell us so. We've got 20 million adults that are on unemployment benefits um, and have lost you know, income due to COVID-19. That's huge. And by the time Christmas actually comes, it's going to be more than that. So we've got people that are losing their homes. We've got people who um, have lost their jobs. We've got a lot of security that is not there anymore. And I am not a parent, but I am somebody's friend and I am a daughter and I'm somebody that looks forward to buying gifts for others. And I think that this is a year where we really have to address these things, not because we need to say, hey, listen, I'm struggling and, you know, I need this attention that I'm struggling and I need you to know that I'm struggling, but because I think it says a lot about where we are right now. Let's start first with our friends. If you are somebody who loves to get lavish gifts for your friends and this year is not going to be that kind of a year for you, I just think we need to address it and say, this is what it is going to look like for me, or this is what I would like us to do. Um, and I think that if you set that stage early enough and you let people know, then you don't have that pressure when you go to somebody's house or if you don't plan on going to somebody's house because of COVID, um, you run into them. It's not like, oh, wow, I didn't get that sent out to you in the mail. It's more a matter of this is where I'm at this year and this is how I'm celebrating. So there's nothing to be embarrassed of. It's more of a declaration and or a boundary of where we are at in 2020 and how we choose to show up. And that can be super empowering. So I bring that up first and foremost because um, it's important with our friends that our friends know where we are and, and, and where we're at. And even if we do have the financial means, I think we need to check ourselves a little bit and ask, just because we have it, does that mean we need to spend it? And are we showing up to our friendships monetarily are we allowing the money and the gifts that we give to take over more than the friendship that we're actually offering? So there is that friend aspect. And now I'm going to take it to a whole nother level, which is of kids and um, our nieces, our nephews, our siblings, our cousins. There's so many kids, right? I think that, granted, I'm not a parent, so I always get very nervous giving parental advice. I'm sure you could imagine what that would feel like to be telling somebody, you know, how you feel or what you feel when you've never had to fill those shoes. It's, it can be daunting, but it needs to be addressed. And I think these are some really good pointers. The general thing is that kids do better when they aren't in the dark. So if you know that this year is going to be a small year or, and I say small meaning monetarily, then none of this has to do with love. Um, if this is going to be a quote unquote small year for you, your kids are going to do better with it if it's discussed and if they know, and if they know why. So first and foremost, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, sister, brother, you need to have that conversation early. And you need to find out exactly what they know about the topic already. So what they already know or what they expect is really important. And then from there, you're really able to twist that conversation and make it into a knowledge piece that they'll be able to understand a little bit better. Um, and you'll be able to make it more developmentally appropriate for them so that you can fill in those gaps if they're a little bit confused. So you can imagine last year, maybe if you were the aunt that came in with the big gift, and this year you're the aunt that literally has nothing to offer, you may feel that more than the child will, but maybe you also need to address that. Hey, listen, what do you know about aunt's job? You know, oh, you knew that aunt lost her job? Okay, well, what do you know? What, ha what happens when somebody loses their job? What do you think that looks like? So have these conversations with the youth um, and, and allow them to feel involved in it. I have to say this, that the more direct you are, the better. Children absolutely will pick up on your ambiguities. Um, they pick up on your uncertainty. They are so much smarter. They are such more open to feeling than we give them credit for. 
And those feelings can actually make them more stressed than the actual content that we want to discuss. So do not bullshit a kid. They will know. Um, that being said, does that mean we tell the kid everything? Absolutely not. Do the, does the kid need to know that your, your power bills in question of being turned off? Please, let's leave that to ourselves. But at the same time, let's let them in our world a little bit of what that looks like. Let's not create a false idea or narrative of what life is going to look like for kids. I think a lot of these millennials get a bad rap, but there was a lot of enabling that took place as well. So if we're not enabling, if we're saying, hey, this is what it looks like and this is what you know, you have to look forward to, how great is that? It's a conversation that they'll remember the rest of their lives. Moving on, we're going to make sure that this conversation includes an optimistic note or something of hope because this isn't just horrible. If you have lost your job for the first time, congratulations. A lot of us have lost a job before. We've either quit, we've been furloughed, we've been laid off, we've been fired. I mean, whatever it may be, this isn't the first time a lot of adults are experiencing adulting or financial pressure. So with children, it's important to tell them that what has happened does not prevent you from enjoying the holiday spirit. And the season is still going to be great. You're still going to be showing up with festive foods and you're still going to be decorating living spaces and there's still going to be movies. There's still going to be carols. There's still going to be dreidels. Um, it doesn't cost a lot of money to create optimism. And maybe you yourself are struggling with, you know, lack of optimism and this will help you as well. As you create a narrative for children and their optimistic season, let's also think about ways that we are filling in the void for us how we are gonna show up for us. In 2020, I think more than ever, we're putting more emphasis on experiences. And if we're not, let's make this season the one where we do. Let's make COVID 2020 the experience where we show up and we are there to feel all of our senses. And let's see what happens. Let's meet after, the, after Christmas, let's meet after Hanukkah, and let's see how that looked for us. And let's see what traditions came from our family. I was talking to my mom the other day and I told her I was getting ready to do this podcast. And I'm like, you know, is it inappropriate because I don't really have kids? You know, are people going to be like, oh, what the hell? But my mom's like, no, people are struggling from this. And, and we had a conversation about what I remember from my childhood. My mom's income was very sporadic. Um, there were some years she made five figures. No, that's a lie. Yes, no, that's true. There were some years she made five figures and then there were years that she obviously made um, exponentially more than that. But the Christmas presents I remember, I really remember two. When we had this conversation, I said the one that I remembered out of all the presents was a skateboard. So strange. Um, I must have been like in the fifth grade and thought that was really cool. And so um, I got a skateboard. Now I think of how much a skateboard is. Out of all the gifts I've received in my life, like that was one of the pivotal ones. And I guarantee you that that skateboard wasn't even the most anywhere near expensive of the ones I received. I say that because... I know I spent a lot of time on that skateboard and I know that that was something I was able to do like in front of my house and it got me out of the house and it allowed me to have like a hobby. And so that one meant a lot to me. Another one was a guitar, um, which was just like a little acoustic guitar and it was great and I got lessons and then gave up like the other 50 things that I tried in my life and realized that was not my jam. Um, not as much for me, but my family was kind of like this, isn't, you're not really good at this and we're all suffering because you want to jam. But um, we had to give up the guitar too. But once again, just two gifts that I really thought of when I really closed my eyes and they were not the most expensive or the most lavish. So that being said, there is that optimistic part of that experience of where I was when I received those gifts and who I was around. So please keep that in mind. And I ask you to challenge yourselves or even your kids to have that same conversation. What was the best gift you received? Was it the most expensive one? Was it really about the money that made that gift so special? Or what was it about that experience that 
that came to light that you think becomes so dear to you. Moving on with different steps we can do in terms of addressing finances is going to be validating any feelings your children might have. So you can support them by telling them that you understand why they're frustrated or upset. And you can share your own feelings about that situation. And I think that's huge. Um, It's just as easy to say, hey, listen, I know that you really want X, Y, and Z for Christmas. And that sucks. I'm mad for you. I'm upset for you. That stinks. Um, I would like X, Y, and Z for Christmas, you know, and and I feel you and I hear you. Um, And letting them vent and not just saying, oh, no, you don't feel that way or, you know, next year will be better. We don't need to, to rescue the situation. Just sometimes listen to the children, listen to their feelings. Kids want to be heard too. And then my biggest part of this whole thing is really that one thing that parents should not do under any circumstances in terms of validating your child's feelings is expecting emotional support from children. I'm going to say that again. Please do not expect your children to emotionally support you. If you need support about how you're feeling or your lack of being able to financially give this year, if you're feeling less than, if you're feeling not right about yourself, if it's bringing depression to the surface, I'm asking that you find a partner or find another adult to deal with these feelings with. Discuss that guilt. That may come across in the conversation. Please don't leave that for children. This is their holiday. So we're going to leave all of that out. It might not feel good to have these conversations, but it's the right thing to do. So once again, I told you this is one of the first times we've had one of these types of podcasts, but I do think it's important once again for us to say, okay, listen, I'm embarrassed to have this talk, but it's the right thing for me to do. So we need to see financial lessons as being a gift for our children, even though it feels horrible for us to live through that. Does that make sense? So they really are a gift because they're going to open up so many other doors and it's going to allow, like I said, feelings to come through. It's going to allow you to use other aspects of your life to draw on the holiday spirit, which is so powerful. So I'm excited for you because as you take the money away or when, as the money is not there or readily available, let's look at what can be there and let's look at the experience that the holiday decides to be and that holiday shows up for you instead of predetermining this holiday is going to be a debt-filled holiday. Let's just really take this where it needs to go. No matter what the age of the child, the burden of figuring out your next steps or worrying about what to do should fall on the parents or on the family. And that really is... We're allowing children to see us struggle and we're allowing them to be present for it, but we're not pulling them in harder. Does that make sense? I pray it does on some level. So once again, if finances are your thing, let's talk about some things we can do. Um, Once again, I have no kids, but some of these things on here were really fun that I thought I can't wait to grab my family or even my friends and be a part of this. Number one, um, enjoy a special holiday breakfast together. And that's because breakfast usually can be the cheapest meal of the day. So instead of having a big holiday dinner, maybe it's breakfast this year and you just kind of go all out in the breakfast arena and you have some fun with it and you try things you haven't done, but totally mix it up and see what happens. And if you're a family that already has holiday breakfast, maybe this year's a little bit bigger or it's more special or it has a theme to it. Invite the kids in your life in to kind of determine what it is they want or how they want it to look. That's huge. Um, let's take a drive and let's go look at Christmas lights in your neighborhood. You could do it on foot or you can find out where they're having them. That's always like a cheap, easy, great, fun night. You could take a thermos, fill up a bunch of hot chocolate and just walk a couple neighborhoods. You're outside. You can wear your masks and just enjoy the scenery of the holiday. Um, there's always the option of baking. Kids love to bake. They love to be in the kitchen with you. Um, you can bake or you can also do 
popcorn garland. That's always fun um, for a tree or Hanukkah garland, however you want to do it. There's also volunteering. A lot of the different food banks that I'm aware of, they're accepting food, but they don't really want the hands-on help right now. That doesn't mean they're all on the same page, but um, just because of COVID, less may be more. So call, see what you can do. Um, there's always holiday movies, so much fun. One that I really liked was finding a different household and doing a cookie exchange, which normally can seem pretty lame or pretty, oh, here are cookies. We leave them on the porch. We knock on the door. We wrap them. You know, here, here's a gift. But maybe you consciously go to a different house um, or a group of friends and you guys kind of, as parents or adults, figure out what that theme is going to look like. If you live in an apartment complex and you guys are friends with each other, please don't knock on a random stranger's door. Um, in 2020, that's not safe, but um, maybe find other people within the community or even put up a bulletin saying hey you'd like to get involved and get the communities involved and find other people that would like to do a cookie exchange um, making it fun for the kids so that's always a really fun one that you can do um I love the idea too of making holiday meals for kids in need and making your own wrapping paper I think that's so fun um, I'm sure a lot of people are not artsy craftsy and they're like that just sounds like hell to me I'd rather die if you're one of those people I don't it doesn't just have to be wrapping paper there's tons of things we can make um, there's tons of family time you can create um, we love a solid movie I'm somebody that I really like downtime and so if I'm going to get my downtime I love a movie to be on or just some music in the background or maybe you start a holiday journal this year um, with the family and each one of you writes down where you're at and then you revisit that journal next year as a family. Um, it's kind of like that idea of when you create a box with a certain year and you come back and visit it. It can be the same thing for these holidays. You can write letter to yourself a year from now and discuss the feelings of Christmas and what Christmas or Hanukkah felt like this year as opposed to last year and what you're feeling in the present and then open it up a year from now and see if things have changed. So that's a good growing exercise for a family. So um, just some ideas of how we can financially address the financial issues. Money seems to be one of the primary issues along with stress during the holidays. And so let's not act like they're not there or let's not brush them aside. Let's take them head on and let's make our families feel like what they are, which is support for each other, support for them, support for you. Um, and let's use this year as a growing year. I um, definitely wanted to touch also on addiction during this podcast today. So we're hitting on a bunch of issues that are a little bit heavier than normal, but necessary. Um, I was raised in a great environment, but I definitely had addiction in my family. And so I love to talk about these things, not because I'm better or worse, or my experience was more or less than, but because I think some people can relate. I've got a person in my life right now, and one of their siblings is gone, and they have not been able to find their sibling, and their sibling is in their addiction. And I worked in addiction for a number of years as a therapist, so it's kind of my favorite thing to talk about. That may seem strange, but I love an addict. I think I think the heart of an addict is one of the most beautiful hearts um, around and so I have this connection usually with people that suffer from addiction and the love that they can give and like I said the true kindness of their hearts and the battles that they fight so I do want to discuss this and for a lot of addicts this can be the most dangerous time of the year um, we talked about finances and finances are really hard for addicts um, a lot of them are in between jobs um, whether they're in their addiction or out or they're suffering from their you know, 30 days, 60 days, you know, one year, 10 year, 20 year, whatever year they are in their sobriety, it doesn't really make any holiday that much easier. And so I don't think we need to take for granted or say, you know, you're five years clean this year, you've got it. 
I think we need to extend that compassionate arm that much more and say, listen, how are your finances? You know, without being too pushy. Um, I think we have a tendency to think if we're being too bold that we're, we've outstepped, but by not addressing some of these things, I think that sometimes can be just as bold. So let's check in with our people that are struggling with um, sobriety and with addiction about their finances. And if you're somebody who is currently in your sobriety as well and your finances are down, I hope you are able to use some of the points we discussed earlier to really help you through this next year um, and through this holiday season. Gift giving can offer a lot of um, stress. It can be an added layer of pressure. And so in the mind of an addict, they're no different than the rest of us, right? I mean, we are dealing with COVID anxiety. We are dealing with seasonal affective disorder. We are dealing with holiday anxiety. We are dealing with, you know, bipartisan lines that are extremely, extremely polarized right now. Um, These ideas of like a civil war. I mean, all these things are so heavy right now, lying layer of layer, um, layer upon layer. And then if you're an addict, you have to deal with your addiction on top of that. So I think a lot of us can understand why addiction numbers, overdoses, things like that are really high right now. um, Because it's an extra layer that addicts are not able to to cope with at this time, or they're trying that much harder. So for the addicts in our lives that are trying, let's love them, let's raise them up, and let's let them know that they're not alone. So let's address gift giving. Maybe this year we're not going to do it. Or we're going to do it, but it's a $5 limit or $10, whatever your family does. Um, Let's alleviate some of that pressure for our loved ones. Addicts are also dealing with um, strained family relationships. And um, if they're out in their addiction and you don't know where they are this holiday season, Or they are out and you don't know where they are, but you're hoping that they're going to come. Or this is maybe the first year without them because they have overdosed. Or maybe this is, you know, their first year not having their child and they're in their addiction, but they're trying. But, you know, their child's with the opposite parent. I mean, there's so many... There's so much involved with the family and familial relationships and addiction. And chances are you know somebody or have somebody in your family that is struggling. So it's personal. And so you can listen to this and go, well, it's not me. Well, good for you. Okay. I'm happy that that high horse you're on feels real good. Because I guarantee you, whoever is in your family would love you right now to to know and be aware and address and talk with them and help them through this time. So they don't feel quite as alone. Um, in terms of addiction, they also like to be alone a lot of the time because they don't know how to act. They don't know what to do, and that makes it hard too. So once again, are you the addict? Are you the family of an addict? Are you the family member of somebody who's already passed away? Um, are you the family member of somebody who is out in their addiction and you can't find them, but you're hoping and praying that this will be the holiday they come home, so you have to deal with you know, shame or disappointment. I'm talking to all of you. And this is now guided more towards our addicts. Things that we need to remember and we need to share with them is that they are not alone and that they don't have to suffer in silence. They do not have to suffer in silence. Let's remind them of that continually. We also need to remind them with the same thing that I informed us at the beginning. Guess what? Thanksgiving, it was just another day. Hanukkah, It's many nights, but they're just days. We don't have to put this giant bit of pressure on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. 
We don't have to do it. We put it upon ourselves. We also need to help our addicts understand that the past is the past. And we need to be able to show and empathize more this holiday season than ever before. We need to show up and be able to forgive. And if that's something you struggle with, I ask that you get some help with that. There's therapists. There's a variety of different avenues. In 2020, you can find hundreds of podcasts, thousands of podcasts that will walk you through this in grief and how to forgive and how to understand. There's Al-Anon meetings. Um, if you are an addict, you know, obviously you have your meetings as well. It's, there's tons of support out there. So please, please, please find a way to forgive and move forward. Another thing that we need to remember is if it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to participate. Let's remind our addicts in our lives that over and over. Let's remind them that if you are uncomfortable in a certain setting and it is going to trigger you, we're not going to do that. The only way we're going to find out a lot of these things is through communication. So that's the great part about this is as we get to know our addicts better and they get to know us and we get to, you know, find that happy ground of where we're able to meet in the middle that's also time spent together. And that's also time that is taking us out of the monetary holiday season and into the family. And that's really where this all starts and where it begins. So the last part that I really think we need to remember with addicts and our families, that sobriety during the holidays should be your priority. So if you're a family and you guys really want somebody to come that is in their addiction or they are suffering from a few days of sobriety or a first year or a 10 year, whatever they may be. Um, I ask that maybe you're a little bit more sensitive. You may think, well, geez, it's my holiday. And if I want to throw down a few, I'm going to do that. I can do whatever the hell I want. If I want to smoke a doobie on Christmas, F you. But I'm asking that maybe during the holidays, we make sobriety that priority. And maybe that once again, if it's just any other day and we're going in with that attitude of love and understanding and compassion that we're able to say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't the night that we're going to throw back 10. You know, maybe this isn't the night we need to have booze everywhere or we need to, you know, smoke that joint. I mean, maybe we can just kind of let this year be the year that we we function through. So these are just some ideas of things we can do. Um, And when I talk about addicts, I don't make I never want addiction to sound like it's far like addicts versus us because I guarantee you on some level, you yourself are an addict. I guarantee you in some area of your life, you like to eat a little bit too much ice cream. Um, You are somebody who likes to work out a little bit too much. You are somebody who um, has compulsive issues that, you know, you need to, to have compulsory behaviors over and over and over again. Maybe you're somebody who suffers from an eating disorder. Um, We're all human and we're all exposed and addiction all of us is really just one car accident away because that's all it takes really is one car accident to go into the doctor to experience something to need medication to not be able to get the medication anymore to still be suffering and to go to the street and to you know let that addiction become something that becomes out of hand so once again addiction money these are things I really wanted to discuss and I've got some people in my life, um, myself included, that uh, have people in our lives that are addicts and we want to hold on to our energy. And even if you are not around addiction at this time, um, how do we protect our energy during the holiday season? And I think this is huge. When I went on the Well, Well, Well podcast last week, we discussed boundaries. And that's kind of the beginning of it, um, is creating a life with boundaries to say, listen, this is what you are allowed access to, and this is what you're not. So I encourage you to please listen to that podcast. But when we talk about a boundary, a boundary can be as thick as a wall. 
It can be a concrete wall. But a boundary can also be just as fluid as a fence. It can be something that you can see through, you can blow through. If if you're on one side of a fence and I'm on the other, wind is going to go through the two and you can see right through it. So a boundary doesn't need to be a rigid, scary line in the sand. It can just as easily be something that you quietly put in place and you value and you uphold. So I ask that this time of year, in order for you to really protect your energy and make the season what you need it to be, that we reassess our boundaries and what we need. A couple pointers, you may need permission to allow yourself to experience. Um, I don't know why when somebody tells us it's allowed for some reason, we feel like it is. So I would like you to hear that it is more than allowed this time of year to let your calls go to voicemail. Um, You are allowed to be laying there and look at the phone and see that it's somebody and let it go to voicemail. You do not need to answer every single call. Um, that is a boundary that I pray that you, if you have not already instilled, that you allow yourself to have. Because if it's important, they will leave a, they will leave a voicemail. If it's important, they will follow it up with a text. I promise they, they, in quotation marks, are not going away if they need you. So let's please let those calls go to voicemail if we're not in a place um, where we can really be there. If we've had a long day, if we are tired, if we are struggling Um, if it's just some time we need to spend with ourselves by voicemail. Now, I don't mean you need to push the big red button. I don't mean you need to say, no, decline. We don't don't need to always let them know that. I mean, that's part of the good thing in 2020 is that we can quietly let it go to voicemail, but let it do its thing. You'll answer it later. It'll be there tomorrow. Um, Another thing that I think is kind of good for energy and, and energy preservation is going to be don't respond to things that make you uncomfortable. And this is a big one. A lot of times we're around situations or people and they make us uncomfortable and we feel like we still have to be there for it. For some reason, we haven't allowed ourselves or we haven't granted ourselves the permission or the grace, if you will, to not have to respond. So try to give yourself that grace this holiday season. Because that's really what it is to say, listen, that doesn't make me comfortable and that does not warrant a response from me. There's power in that. And I pray that you have that power and I pray that you try it. Try it with something small. If the idea of on a large scale makes you uncomfortable, let's try on a very small minimal level and let's see what transpires and let's take it from small to maybe a larger aspect of your life where you need to set that boundary. Moving on, I think it's important that um, you know that you can decrease the frequency of contact. So maybe this time of year you suffer from depression and, you know, normally you want to talk to somebody all the time or they're reaching out to you just as much as they were during summer months, but you don't have it right now. You can still be there, but not talk to them every single day. You know, maybe if it was a call every single day a couple months ago, maybe now it's a call every other day and a text. Um, Or maybe it's gone from a call every day to a call once a week, or maybe it's turned into one week of two or three texts. It's up to you. You are allowed to decrease that frequency. Really a lot of power in that. I think it's also important that we know that it's just as meaningful and powerful for us to show up in conversations and making them shorter. Things that normally maybe you wanted to babble on and on about, or you felt that you needed to say, hey, listen, um, I can't make it and these are all of my excuses. Maybe we create a shorter format and we just say, no, I'm not going to be there. I'm sorry. I hope to make it next year. We don't need to create these long, long conversations because we feel that the person listening needs it. Hold on to your energy. Fight for it. 
Fight for it every day because it's yours. And the only person that can give it to you and the only person that can take it away is you. Finally, let's treat this holiday as if it's your last. And that may sound like, gosh, that's a lot. That's heavy. But what would our energy reserve look like if we just went with it? If instead of finding all the excuses to say no and yes and everything else in between, what if this year we treated it like we don't know if and when we get one next year? So we're going to do all the things that we want to do and we want to show up exactly how we want to show up and just letting that take the reins and leading you where it needs to go. If you are not so focused on micromanaging it and creating what you need it to be instead of what it needs to be and what it shows up as, I promise you there's going to be more energy. There's going to be more gas left in that tank for you. So I really hope that we're able to start some of this. Somebody in my life um, that I love very dearly has been um, struggling the last couple weeks. They were in and out of the hospital, and so I um, spent some time in the ICU quite a bit of time and in the hospital and visiting them and loving them. And the scare is big and the scare is real. And it has taken me to a place out of everything being perfect. I've um, let that go. And instead I've allowed the basics to be present and I've allowed them to carry me. And it's been beautiful. It's been very draining and exhausting, but at the same time, it's been great to see what shows up. And it's been great to see and to value what this holiday can be. Every time I feel like I turn on the TV or I call a friend, I actually just called a friend on the way here. Her husband has COVID. Um, I talked to somebody else. Their husband passed away um, very young and unexpectedly. Um, I talked to somebody else. You know, they, they're having financial issues. They're losing their home. I just feel like there's so many tough things around every corner that if we were to allow, allow ourselves to take in and embrace what presents and what we do have instead of you know, spending all of this energy crying for the addict that's out using and hoping and praying that they're going to show up and instead just giving that love to what we have in our environment. I would love to see where this holiday takes you. Once again, we discussed some heavy things today, but I am going to go over them again. Just in briefing, we discussed money, how to address it with children, how to address it with our family, our friends, our loved ones, um, by maybe making this year less monetary and more in the feels. Um, and we've definitely discussed addiction and the people in our lives that have it and how we can help them, how we can help ourselves, how maybe we can address our own addictions this holiday season and how we can see the beauty and things to remember when encountering and loving on our, on our loved ones. And finally, we discussed energy. So I hope that some of this, these tips helped you a little bit. Um, I've got an amazing podcast set up for our next visit. I've got an amazing, uh, guest coming on. So I look forward to talking with you guys soon. I'm so grateful for Pink Box. I'm grateful for their presence in my life this holiday season. So good. You'll lick the box. And I look forward to hearing you or seeing you and getting your feedback on any of the sites where the podcast is playing, Spotify, Apple. We also have it on Anchor. Please feel free to leave any reviews and have a great day. Thank you.